Welcome to Ideas with Lex, a podcast to help you become that go-to person who can think on their feet or even invent that side hustle project that brings in cash and kudos. G'day, Nils Fesk from Ideas with Lex. Thank you so much for joining us today in this episode where we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're gonna be celebrating, I don't know if you know about it, but this is now World Creativity and Innovation Week. Now, this isn't an idea that I've just come up with. This is the United Nations World Creativity and Innovation Week. And why is it important? Well, all of this whole week and the International Day is about how to encourage creative and innovative thinking. And if the United Nations think it's important, I think we should all think it's important as well. And so here's why it's so important is that wealthy nations out there at the moment understand that creativity and innovation plays a major role on their economies, both the creative economy and also in what we would say the innovation economy. Now the creative economy of some sorts is around $2.5 billion a year, which might not sound that a lot, but it relates to things like the visual arts, design, new media, performing arts and publishing and the sorts and generates close to about 30 million of these jobs each and every year. And this space is continuing to grow. We also then have the innovation economy. The innovation economy is something that we see in every major organization that's winning in the world of business that you can imagine. And those are tech industries. So for example, we have the Googles of the world, the Facebooks, everything like that. There is innovation in everything that they do and all about how can they harness the potential of their thinking using innovation. So what that means is that innovation is extremely important, not only to us as individuals, as either knowledge workers or members of the community or uh, business owners or people working in an organization, it's also what we can do to society. Now the UN, I think, have used the words around that innovation, creativity, and also entrepreneurship is one of the key catalysts for providing momentum to economic growth, for job creation, expanding opportunities, not just for people who are working, but also for everyone. That means children, it means mothers, it means women, it means trying to provide solutions for big issues such as poverty and hunger. Innovation and creative thinking is one of the ways that we can help to do that. And when I talk about innovation and creativity, I think about two ways that it can help us out. One is it can solve, help us to solve existing problems that exist right here, right now. And also it can help us to prevent any future problems that might be arising in the future. And most importantly, it makes the world a safer world for everyone, making it more equitable and more fair for everyone else to have an opportunity to have a decent life. And I think we can all agree that that's something that's a very noble cause that we should all put our hands up for. So hopefully by now you really do and have bought into that concept that innovation and creative thinking is important. And so what I thought would be really cool today was to, I know it's International Creativity and Innovation Week, but I wanted to share with you some Australian inventions, some Australian creative thinking and some Australian innovative thinking. 
Why? Because for many of our viewers who are based down under here in Australia, we often think, ah, we're not very, we're not very innovative here in Australia. And then for our Northern Hemisphere friends, we often go, oh, those dumb Australians have no idea about innovation. They don't always say that, but I wanted to share with you some of my favorite kind of cool inventions that have happened over the past in Australia. So let's get stuck into them. And the first one I want to talk to you about is called the black box. Ironically though, it's not painted black, but back in the 1950s, Dr. David Warren was looking at ways of improving flight safety. Uh, he was investigating, I think it was an aeroplane by the name of the Comet, an Australian plane that just kept crashing. And I thought, why is this happening? Um, and tragically also for Dr. Warren, his father had died in a accident way back in the 1930s in a aeroplane accident. And I think that sort of prompted him to look at ways of making flight safety um, more accessible to everyone. And so he invented the black box recorder. Now, nowadays they are all orange, bright orange, so that it can be recovered easily. And what they do is they record the last few minutes of a conversation between pilots and in the cabin so that when an accident happens, unfortunately the plane's probably gonna be lost, they can come back, investigators can come back and look at what were those last few things in the lead up to that accident that might help them come up with a solution to solve it. So the black box. Another one, beautiful invention by an Australian of the year, uh, Dr. Fiona Wood, um, heads up the Burns unit, I think in West Australia. Now she was responsible for saving so many lives after the horrible Bali bombing many years ago. And in 1999, she invented the concept of something called spray on skin. Now what spray on skin basically was for people who were recovering from burns is they would take a certain amount of, of fresh skin um, and then put that into a petri dish and grow more skin cells. Then they would put that into a spray, uh, into an ability to spray that on so that the skin would repair faster, reduce scarring and also reduce infection, which is a massive challenge when it comes to the world of burn recovery. So spray on skin, Australian invention. Here's another one. Now this is going way back and it was the first pacemaker ever invented um, that's to help regulate the heart. And it was two Australians, I think it was way back in the 1920s, Dr. Mark Lidwell, and I think it was a physicist by the name of Edgar Booth. And what they did was they started to experiment with how could you manage the electrical impulses that were happening in a heart. And I think the first invention they had was a, an electric charge um, connected to a needle and they saved the life of a baby, a female little baby, um, by injecting that needle into the heart and for about five or seven minutes stimulating that heart using that electrical impulse and the child recovered and the child still alive or was, was alive because of that. Pacemakers owe all of their existence to those classic Australian inventors. All right, another one. This is a little bit contentious, but it's called Google Maps. Now Google Maps, um, back in, I think it was the 2000s, um, early 2000s maybe, there were two Danish brothers by the name of Lars and Jens Rasmussen. And they were probably out watching the Sydney Olympics at the time, um, but they had an idea looking around how they could do better mapping. And they teamed up with two Australians, here's the Australian connection, Stephen Ma and Neil Gordon. And together they founded a business called Where To Technologies. Three years later in 2003, Google Google bought them up and they continued to work, the four of them, on developing what is now known as 
Google Maps. Another invention and birthplace, Australia. Another one around, uh, this I think came out in 1988, a while back there, but it was around cold hard cash. Now you might not have known, or you might know depending on what part of the world you live in, counterfeiting is always a big issue. People take dollar notes and they, they photocopy them, they try and make them out. And the Australians from the Reserve Bank and the CSIRO teamed up together to invent plastic or what we call polymer banknotes. So it makes them more or less absolutely impossible to counterfeit and they last 10 times longer than traditional paper notes. So if you're looking at the, the, the notes in your wallet or your purse, most likely to have come from an original invention way back in Australia in 1988. Okay, uh, next thing that we have was the bionic ear. Now, hearing aids have uh, been around for quite a while, but it's all thanks to a Professor Graham Clark, who in 1978 um, created the first cochlear implant. implant. Uh, cochlear has been a client of mine in the past, and I'm just amazed at some of the, the innovation that they continue to do still to this day on making hearing aids and uh, implants better and better each time. So the bionic ear, Australian invention. Another interesting one, was the, uh, the first ever electric drill. Now this started a long, long time ago. The first patent ever created, I think was, wow, back in 1889 by an Arthur Arnott and a guy, I love this guy's name, William Brain. And they invented an electric drill to be working on coal and rock because in mining, for those of you who might know that if you've got naked flames and sparks, you know, with the gases that are out there, so they wanted to look at somehow creating a way of doing mechanical work without having sort of live flames and that type of stuff there. Um, yep, sure, it took a while to come up with the handheld drill, but the first origin, the first invention, good Australian invention. Another one, maybe not so important to everyone out there, unless you're a sailor, which is why I'm wearing my, my sailing shirt today. It was the winged keel that was done by the uh, naval architect, naval designer, um, Ben Lexon, way back in 1983. Uh, it was the design that they used on um, the yacht Australia 2, which won the America's Cup. The first time off the Americans had, had owned that trophy for almost, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years and it changed the world of yachting in many different ways by having a winged keel rather than a single foil or single rudder down the center there. Another one, I guarantee you would use this one every day, Wi-Fi. In 1992, it was John O'Sullivan and the CSIRO who developed this, being countless number of patents that they developed in the 90s following on from that technology that's world saving, um, done so much for the ability for um, hands-free communication and being able to communicate with our devices, um, Wi-Fi. Another one. And for those of you who may be expecting babies, ultrasound, well, Ozsonics was a spin-off of the Australian Sonics Commonwealth Research Laboratory, which was looking at the use of ultrasound way back in the 1950s. But it was in 1976 when they first commercialized the ultrasound scanner, and the rest is history. So if you're wondering where those scans come from, you can thank the Australians for that one. Another one is coming back to vehicles, um, planes and, and air traffic. Um, I think actually might have been today or yesterday, somewhere around this week was um, I think the celebration of Qantas's birthday. Qantas is one of the world's 
I guess you say most traditional airlines have been around for a long, long time, also known as the safest airline in the world. Um, so there was a employee, I think Jack Grant in 1965, who invented this the inflatable escape slide and raft. Um, hopefully we never have to use that at all, but Australian invention there. Um, another one, for those who've been worried about cervical cancer, the world's first anti-cancer vaccine was developed by two people in Australia in 2006. Um, uh, for cervical cancer by Dr. Uh, Professor Ian Fraser and I think it was Dr. Um, Jianzo. And yep, so that led to two different anti-vaccine drugs being done that for that type of stuff. It works for probably about three quarters of different types of cancers around the cervix. Um, very valuable stuff. So I hope that's been a little bit more informative for you around some innovations and inventions that have happened in Australia just to help keep that to mind. So you might be thinking, oh, that's great. Professional inventors, scientists, researchers. But here's the thing is that we can all be innovative and we all have latent creative and innovation skills. Yes, you do. So you think, really? Well, remember when you were a kid or if you've got kids, just see how they operate. And if you were to look around, what you'd notice is that they, first of all, are very curious creatures. They ask questions. Why this? Why that? And not only do they ask questions, but they experiment or learn by doing. You know, they grab this bit of food and that food and they try and, you know, add a bit of soil to it and put it in their mouth. But they are continually looking at experimenting to create new innovative ideas. Yes, and that's what innovation is. It's about combining things, it's about pulling things apart and exploring. And the only reason why we've lost this was that we were abducted. <laughs> we were abducted by aliens. The aliens first came in a form of education. Yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, madam, no, madam. Three bags full, sir. We were taught to be thinking black and white. And I know education has changed a lot, but still, as we get older and we, we progress through from primary education, early adult, early childhood education into um, uh, high school, secondary education, and into tertiary education, there is a definite more rigidity in what we're allowed to do and conformity rather than creativity. And that's what stifles so much of our innovative thinking. Then after education, we've got the institutions and the organizations that we work with. Again, it's about conformity rather than creativity. And yes, I get that we have to reduce risk and we have to make sure we don't make mistakes, but more often than not, we have lost or we have suppressed all of that creative and innovative thinking, not only for ourselves, but the people around us. So how can we do that? How can we bring back creative and innovative thinking? Simply put, first one would be to ask more questions. The power of your questions often determines the power of the solutions that you create. If you're not getting great ideas, it's probably because you're not asking the right type of questions. So get better at asking questions. Ask questions as to why this, why that, why is it important for someone? Why do we want to solve it? Um, why is it not working at the moment? Um, what would be a better solution? What would be something that would not just be good for now, but be better for 10, 20 years down the line? Asking those questions will do it. The second thing that we can do is get really good at experimenting. Now, you're freaking out now probably, but when we experiment, there's risk. Yeah, but if you can look at what's the smallest, fastest way we can test this at minimal risk, 
but increasing our certainty, that's where we can get great innovative leaps. So the motto for this is spend a little, but learn a lot. So how can we spend a little, but learn a lot? Create an idea, hypothesis around it. If we do this, we think this will happen. Build a prototype, test it, and then learn from it. Plan your next experiment, do the same. Plan, predict, experiment, evaluate, and then on and on and on. That's one of the simple ways that we can get better at innovating. Um, so you might be thinking, ah, oh, yeah, but our organization is fantastic innovation. For most organizations out there, we're not the best. We've got, you know, if we were to rename the organizational chart, we've got the, I would probably call them the CIK, the chief idea killer up the top, used to be the CEO. Then we have the COO, the Chief Obstacle Officer. We've got the CTO for the tech, which is the Chief Thwarting Officer. And then we've got the CFO, the Chief Fear Officer. Then underneath them, we've got the Misinformation Manager. We've got the, you know, the Happiness Retarding Manager, the HR Manager, the Severity Council, the Risk Analyst, um, the Naysayer Consultant, the Status Quo Coordinator, um, the Senior Avoidance Officer, um, the Blame Others Technician, and the process complexity advocate. I'm sure we all know that organizations often, just by their very nature, are designed in a way to, to kind of you know, kill innovation. So if you're in an organization like this, it's time that you start to stand up for your right to innovate, stand up for creating a better future, not only for your, yourself, not only for your organization, but for the industry and for the worlds that we live in there. When we can do that, we're gonna create a better environment for all of us. Okay, so just to wind this thing up, I wanted to say one of the ways that we're looking at celebrating this International Creativity and Innovation Week is by giving a couple of giveaways. We always love to give free stuff. And this particular, for the next, I think it's a week or so, I can't check the exact dates, we're gonna give away a number of different things. We're gonna give away an innovation mentorship, um, a number of innovation mentorships, and we're giving away a number of our innovation books. So to find out more about these, head to ideaswithlegs.com forward slash giveaway. That's it, ideaswithlegs.com forward slash giveaway, one word. And in that you'll find out more about our innovation mentorship. So why a mentorship? Well, I found that when we work with clients, we often include certain amount of one-on-one -on -one mentoring with our leaders and, and some of our innovation clients. We find that that's often the best way to get people to realize how innovative they are and to test with them. And so part of that package involves a number of sessions with yours truly, um, based on a value of over $4,000 there, access to our online program so you can do it yourself in your own time, um, a copy of all of our hard copy books, and also an innovation diagnosis. And I think the value is over, well over $4,000, $4,600 or something like that. So check that out. The other thing that we're giving away is some of our books. Um, my mum tells me this is an awesome bestseller, one of the books called Ideas With Legs, and my ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend um, wrote another book called Innovation Archetypes. So we've got Ideas With Legs and Innovation Archetypes, both really cool books that we're giving away some hard copies of, and we're also giving away some soft copies, some ebook versions of those. So again, to check them out, head to ideaswithlegs.com forward slash giveaway. So that's it from me. I hope that's given you some value just to think about, you know what, 
Innovation and creativity is important. The UN have made a international week for it and um, next week there's actually an innovation, World Innovation and Creativity Day. Um, so please, if you can, celebrate it. Uh, bring it to the attention of the people around you uh, because when we can start to think of a brilliant idea, then we can actually create brilliant ideas. We can create great prototypes, great new products, great new solutions, and make the world a better place, not just for ourselves, but for everyone. Thanks for joining in. We'll see you next time. So that's it from this episode, but be sure to subscribe for more strategies on how to turn ideas into income. And please rate and review us so that we can deliver the goods next time.